Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody. Uh, Andy Richter here. Another episode of The Three Questions. Today, uh, I'm very happy. I'm going to be posing those three questions to a very funny man. We know a million people in common, but we don't really know each other that well. I mean, do we? No. Um, I don't know we, you. Do you know me? No. Have we, we ever were, Have we ever met? I don't remember, honestly. I met you a very long time ago when I was on Conan, like doing bits on Conan. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like I was like in a couple like of those side. I was like in the desk driving bit. I was Darth yeah, Vader yeah. in my under. Was, I was I, in a bunch of those. Was I still there at that time? Uh, I met you once. There, like I met you once around in the building around there, and then uh, and. I don't know. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I don't think I was. Yeah, because I think that you came to New York in 2001, and that was like when I moved to L.A. So I think I had maybe... been in New York my whole life. But yes, 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, when you came to sort of start being a comedy legend. Y yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, you're supposed to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah that's what exactly. happened. Um, I'm, yeah, in no, that was... I'm in a closet. I'm in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I, uh, yeah, I was gone by then. So I like, I we missed met, a lot of I met stuff. you in person once before, like before SNL, but like, I believe like as a fan, like, hi, hi, like, you know, like, oh, okay. and then, and then, then I started doing Conan stuff. And did after that, I don't think I did. Did the cigarette I put on, on you burn badly? I mean, it, it emotionally. <laughs> yes uh i'm sorry well uh i'm glad to have you here how are you are you uh are you in la uh, new york uh, uh i am in i am in la new york uh the new <laughs> the new the new most terrible place in the world <laughs> all the worst of both <laughs> it smells and it hurts your feelings yeah yeah yep yep be disappointed. <laughs> Feel bad. You're garbage. You thought and you it were smells cold. like and it smells like pee. <laughs> you thought you were cold there. Now you're cold here. <laughs> no, are you in you live do you live in Los Angeles now or did you move yeah. back? It, yeah, or, no, yeah. I'm in uh we bought a house yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah, we moved. Because it's there. after SNL, you kinda I mean That's it. You just you walk yeah. into the woods and die. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what Lorne wants. But you're like, no, yeah. I'm going to live. I'm going to try. 
I'm going to procreate too. I'll have a baby. Fuck you, Lauren. The baby's name is fuck you, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I, I just, I, to me, it's always like when somebody, I, I just, it's like when I left the Conan show, I was okay for a little bit, but then it was like, I got to get my fucking ass to LA. I can't live in New York city without a steady gig. That's, you know? that's hilarious. I was, I think I was the exact opposite. Really? <laughs> really? Where, yeah, I think I was like, I want to be on SNL. And then it ended and I went like, sweet. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and then I just, I went, I, yeah, I had a baby, came out here, started a sitcom and went like, eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, like, yeah. But I, I got, I got, I got lucky now. Now I'm on a show I really like. And, but yeah. That I, is, I, yeah, that's a huge thing because. You know, one of the, <laughs> I mean, it's a privileged desperation, but it's a life of quiet desperation. When you're on a show, your dreams come true, you're making money, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that I, I, I yeah. the job I have right now is I can't believe, I feel like I, I keep saying this, but it's like second TV lottery. Like I went like, yeah, it, yeah. It just in the sense of like, oh, I love these people. I'm very proud of this show. And it's, it's, <laughs> Ted, it's the Ted Danson show, right? The, the Ted Danson show. Yes. Yeah, well, that's I mean, what they're calling it now. I, I forget the name of it. <laughs> it's called I, Mr. Not, Mayor, but they should. I'm not, a, I'm not Danson. a very good interviewer. I, I, I mean, I know Ted Danson's involved. I'm shallow. I know famous people, but I don't remember names. <laughs> I um, just think it should be called that. <laughs> but he is uh, one of the princes of show business. He's just the best. The yes, the crown prince. Yes, as they say uh, of you, working with him, you truly go like, oh, this is a man who has been on a sitcom for his entire life. Yep, and he yep. knows how to do it. Yep, and we, uh, yeah, it's the fastest job I've ever had. <laughs> That's I love it. I love yeah. it. It's so I and I and like I say, he's just such a nice person, and it's. People at that level, as much as it sounds terrible, they don't have to be nice, you know, and a lot of them aren't. That That's it. It, it. Him and Mary, you just you immediately go like, oh, these are just two nice people who also yes. happen to be Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Yes. And they almost trick you into believing they're just nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, do you, like, were you happy to move to L.A. when you did or or? I had grown up in New York my whole life. I, I loved it there. Uh, I think I was very reticent at the time, but I didn't know what was going on. It was like SNL ended. I had a baby eight days after the baby. I was like 12 days later. I was on stage at the Hollywood Bowl with the Muppets. Wow. And like, like, and it was just like, it was just a very chaotic <laughs> time. And then like, the, and then went straight into shooting a sitcom with John Larroquette and Jaleel White. And I was just like, it's like yeah. a mad, it's a mad lib. Like it was like a mad lib yeah. year, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, and then yeah, and then all of a sudden, all of that ended, and it was just I just raised a baby, played, I just played with toys for three years and had a blast. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> and that's did nice. cartoons and just worked from home. It was wonderful. That's Sorry. oh my god, that's fantastic. How are you? How will you continue? How did you get on another sitcom after that when you had it so nice? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me about uh, where you're from. You're from Eastchester, correct? Correct. Eastchester, New York. Yeah. It's uh, rivals town. of Westchester. Is there like deadly East... gang vo gang violence between uh, the two? <laughs> Eastchester is a small town in Westchester County, yeah. which is something I have been explaining 
for my entire life. <laughs> um, well, I'm yeah. just another <laughs> asshole. No. no, it's just it's the whole, it's the whole hair. Hey, you get a haircut, and then the next t- twelve people say, "Hey, you get a haircut." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. So, just you have to do it. You're right, wearing, right, you're wearing right. a doctor costume for a sketch. Somebody passes you. It says doctor. Yes, hello. They have to. They have to. <laughs> they have to. They have to. It's just it's just uh, a thing. Yeah, it's like when you see sixty nine, you got to say nice. <laughs> Yeah, nice. You got to go fuck a punch your friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I, I don't yeah, know if I can yeah. curse. No, you're sure you can. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up in Eastchester, a small town, the best. And what very, very your folks, place. what do your folks do? What do you know, like your big family, Catholic, you know. Grew up Catholic, small family. My dad, uh, uh, <laughs> my, my dad owned a liquor store. My mom worked as the town tax assessor. Across the street from our apartment building, there was the town hall, and so she just walked across the street and went to work. Wow. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And do you have siblings? I have an older sister. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, was it a fairly idyllic, you know, childhood? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Came out all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I have a good relationship with all my family. I love my sister. I still talk to her to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your folks are you get along good with your folks? And uh, my folks passed away. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. A uh, uh, couple years, a year, six months after my daughter was born, my father passed away, and then a couple months later, my mom passed away. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, it was. That well, was no fun. Was that their first grandchild? Did they at least kind of get the second? My sister oh, okay. has a, has a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't disappoint them. They got to see. Yeah. yeah. He he procreated. We can go. I proved it. I proved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, were you, I mean, were, was it a, was it a funny household? I mean, because we're on funny stuff now. Dead parents are always. (laughs) That's where you go next. Uh, Yeah. uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, they were up until the moment they passed away. Hilarious. <laughs> In fact, both died from pratfalls. My Tragic. My dad slipped on a banana, fell on my mother. Um, I, uh, no, they were wonderful. My absolutely hilarious. My dad was a ball buster. My mom super super witty and 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 dry sense of humor, but really loved comedy. Understood it. Loved it. She yeah. was on it to know. She she did the uh, Mother's Day special. Oh, really? oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. I, I was, remember that special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was super nervous, and she walked on with, like, the most confident I've ever seen her in her entire life, <laughs> and literally was like, relax. It was, it was the best. It was the best. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and did you, like, did you know that you wanted to be a comedian at an early age? Like, was that something... Were you a big comedy fan? Did you, you know, like, was SNL a big deal? I mean, you know. SNL, SNL, Mr. Show, huge deal. Um, the State, you know, yeah. uh, all that stuff. Tom Lennon, like, you know, like, just, like, they, all, all that. Definitely grew up on, on that. Um, and, like, very early on as a child, got mixed up in a musical theater group. Like, you know, <laughs> started <laughs> started doing, like, summer theater with, with, like, a bunch of my friends. It was all my... Every single kid in my high school and, t- and like neighboring, like Eastchester was super small. So I, we had a bunch of friends from like Tuckahoe, which was right next door. And Chris, would, we would all hang out and uh, do this summer theater during the summer. But it, it was, it was like all my guy friends that weren't in the shows did the tech and saying like, so it was just like, we were just with each other. And then we all worked as lifeguards together. So 
it was just like this weird friendship thing. And we just, yeah, I did summer theater, did like King and I, West Side Story, all that stuff for, you know, throughout high school. And then, uh, uh, but I also like drew comic books. I wanted to draw. I wanted to draw comic books or like work with the Muppets. I don't, I don't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then uh, uh, college came around. I had no money and I was like, well... Yukon has a puppetry department. I'll go up there and like look at it. And I signed, I think I just walked in and did a mon. I did one flew over the cuckoo's nest in high school and walked into the Yukon acting department and just like did a monologue. I was like, here. And then they were like, you want to come here for acting? And I was like, why not? <laughs> and uh, did you uh, get scholarship money? I did. That's why I, I went. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I believe, great. I believe I got the Ron Palillo scholarship. <gasps> Oh my God! Yep, I think it was like eighty bucks. Right. <laughs> it was not a lot. I remember That's, going yeah. like, "Well, that'll help," but yeah, thanks, thanks Ron. That's very horseshacky. <laughs> it uh, really was. Yeah, yeah. It really was. <laughs> um, well, that goddamn that sounds like a lot of fun. Like you know, just to have like that because so many people that I talk to about this kind of you know where you come from and how do you end up being. And, you know, and most everybody's a comedian that I talk to because um, I'm a snob and drama people are losers. Uh, <laughs> but I, I so many people like and myself included, you know, like I had friends and I was popular, but I didn't feel like until I got to be in my 20s that I was in sort of my group, you know, that I found my people. So to have found them so early is kind of unique and really cool, you know. That that's absolutely insane that you say that. I just last night I had a Zoom with like fourteen or fifteen of my close like childhood friends. Wow. And 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 I was I literally hung up going like like that's crazy. I think that's cra like I always go like gosh I have no friends I don't do anything, but like it's not true at all. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's that's having kids. Having kids, you feel like you, you like your life stops, which it kind of SNL you know, for ten years and then kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you have a very uh, like you know split life here. You've really tr changed tracks, but that's also. I mean, you get your life back too, but it's just and it is you know like you're. I, I'm very I, lucky. I'm very lucky. My, my, really, I, really, to have all that time is amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy, and it's important, and it's great, and you know. You know, you'll get, like I say, you get your life back because after a while it does get like, how how old is your daughter? Four, four and a half. Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're past the like, you're, you know, she's up and around. She's practically out on her own, you know, now uh, that's old enough. But um, yeah, it's, uh, that, God, that's great. That's great that you got to stay home because I, you know, like with my son, there was, I was, he was real little when we moved out here and there were like, there was like times when, I wouldn't even see him awake for days at a time because I'd leave before he woke up and came home after he was asleep. And it, it sucked. Yeah, that that that's absolutely. Yeah, that was terrifying for me. And like I got super lucky in the very beginning because I just I I I got to work from home doing cartoons and stuff. I would just do everything from home. The lockdown helped a lot. But I just I, I wouldn't take a job that would take me that far away or anything. And then literally because of Ted Danson, <laughs> I saw my, I woke up with my daughter and put her to bed almost every, I, I think I missed her going to sleep like twice in the entire yeah. season of shooting. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's been, I've, I've, that's been the best part of the last four years is how lucky I've gotten with that. The, the yeah. Timing. Yeah. Yeah. The best. 
Well, no, that I mean, yeah, you're actually you have had too much sort of stability and and you know, sort of like good soil for mental health growth uh, to really be in comedy. You should, probably shouldn't. You know? <laughs> oh, I'm it's a like, mess. I'm just doing oh, a lot. Oh, I'm just doing okay. a lot better now. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. You and just this is all a, on a good this day. This is all a cover story. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was with my friends doing plays, but we were all on crack. <laughs> we're all terrible. Yeah, terrible I didn't tell heads. you what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do you when you get to Yukon, I mean, do your parents, are they like, you're going to do acting for a living or, you know, and, and seriously, was puppetry part of it or was that? Yeah. Yeah. Really? You were. Re- how had you been doing puppetry? Like UConn is the only school, I believe, in America that has a puppetry department. But um, prior to that, I mean, how did I just I just uh, uh, I think it's just like Sesame Street and the Muppets. Like I think Sesame Street and the Muppets. There's no difference between Saturday Night Live and the Muppets. Yeah. And the you know the Muppet Show was Saturday Night Live with puppets, and and right. the Muppets were on. And I think just that, I think that 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 concept just maybe dawned on me way 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 too early. <laughs> <laughs> so so like yeah, so like that was like it was there was no difference between George Carlin and Gonzo. Like it was just like they were both <laughs> both people to be admired. But I also yeah. but I also love Dave Goals. Like I was a weird kid that figured out like, oh Dave Goals is the guy who does Gonzo and I like him specifically. And like Oh wow. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like um <laughs> <laughs> he, he says with a little bit of regret and shame. Yeah, I know. Well I mean notoriously the puppeteers aren't the coolest. I don't think don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a, 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 I don't think they would be mad at me for saying that. Um, but like, yeah, no, I, I, I was just fascinated by it. I think it's an amazing art that uh, a lot of people can do. And I was never good at it. And uh, I went for acting instead. <laughs> no, I, I actually, th- I, I think I just made the right choice. I think I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, yeah. I wanted to draw. I was, I drew comic books. And then I think that had, I wanted to like make puppets or like make t- I always wanted to like sculpt action figures mm-hmm. I don't know like that was a weird thing I enjoyed doing when I was a kid and then yeah. uh, acting came along and I went with that did you <laughs> so did you try what were you what was did you try puppetry did you take some classes in the puppet uh yeah like we I took like the 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 beginning stuff for it puppet like, 101 like, yeah like I like I like yeah the minor the stuff for the to get the minor in it <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah like uh um Rod puppets, shadow puppets, and 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 stuff like that. But then you, it was either that or you had. I, I I didn't take math at UConn because my the math class that I was supposed to take was like so remedial because I had done so poorly in high school in math yeah. that it was only at one time. They only gave it at one time, and that was during our core acting class. So they were just like, "You're not taking math," and I was like, wow. "Cool." <laughs> and like, that's nice. But like. Now it has slipped through the cracks and I can't count. <laughs> uh, listen, yeah. I I figured out because I figured out early that I was probably going to go to university, University of Illinois. I grew up in Yorkville, Illinois, and I figured out like what they wanted and what I needed from high school. And I didn't take math beyond my sophomore year of high school. Like I just fi- figured out like, oh, I can take science classes instead because I did not like math. So I haven't taken math since I was whatever, like fourteen years old, fifteen yeah, years old, and let's start it does, a bank. <laughs> bad math. Uh, 
bad at math. That'd be good. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but it it would uh, I, it became when my kids started to help my kids with homework. I was it was just like embarrassing and use and I was just useless and I just was like long division like they well would, there's new math now from what I hear I'm terrified terrified it's uh, just kind of you know on it's <laughs> and my ex-wife never enjoyed this but I would <laughs> when we'd have to go to like school things and I would be like how you know I, I just would zone out like every year it's like it's the parent, like all the parents are coming in. We're going to tell them what we're going to teach. And I always would say to, to my ex-wife, "Is like, isn't that really between, between our kid and the teacher? Like, why do we have, what do we have to be involved in this? And she's like, you have to know. And I'm like, they could tell me what this math is 50 want, times. I and want, I would n- not remember it 50 yeah. times. I want my kid to come home and tell me what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would like. Right. They can, <laughs> how about teaching me for once? <laughs> Um, well, so when you get out of, when you get out of Yukon, are you, uh, you know, murder and those, spree. were those big, a murder <laughs> spree for years? Were, were those big basketball years for Yukon? Like, did you get to- <laughs> that was, I was there like the year women's and men won, like Rebecca Lobo, Jake Voskel, those days. Very yeah, much. Yeah. El Amin. Yeah. I, yes. Uh, very much the height of, of Yukon basketball. And I was, uh, yeah, and I was in like a little black box theater doing Glen Gary, Glen Ross. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, uh, did you care at all about the basketball? No, I met, I, I was online at the Yukon Co-op once, and Rebecca Lobo like cut in front of me, and I was like, excuse me, miss, I was online, and somebody like was like, hey, and pointed to like a VHS tape with her picture on it, and I was like, I don't care, I gotta get back. I was like, I don't care who this ginormous woman is. She cut me in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> uh but that was that was the extent of my my basketball <laughs> at Yukon. Um right. I worked at Gamble I did inventory at Gamble Pavilion and they got a lot of really nice free stuff and I remember thinking I'm doing the wrong thing being an actor. I should I should be a basketball <laughs> player. Um uh yeah, no, right after Yukon uh was that was it. That was like when I figured it out. That was I moved back home to New York, uh, back to Westchester, was just working. I started, like, to try and do stand-up. I took, like, a comic strip. I went to Comic Strip Live mm-hmm. and took their, like, stand-up class. That so was, like, every day at 2 o'clock, every one once a week at 2 o'clock, and then did one show on a Tuesday. Our class show was on a Tuesday, and literally right before I went up, uh, they were like, there's a girl here who has an audition she needs to tape and she's going to go up, and it was Sarah Silverman. And oh, wow. I was like, oh, great. Now I have to go up next. <laughs> and, like, she <laughs> wasn't Sarah Silverman yet, but still, like, it was like, it was like, Jesus. Um, immediately stopped that and was like, this is not for me. I don't think this is the the right thing. What I, didn't you like about it? Or um, what, what wasn't, what? why wasn't it suited for you? I think the, I think uh, 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 my personality is bad for, uh, I, I would not leave the ball. I would just sit there and I would just sit there all night and drink. Like, it's just like, I'm, I'm a homebody. Like I I started UCB and I didn't leave the theater for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like, it was to do stand up. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be one of these miserable men in 30 years, just sitting at the bar afterwards drinking. Like I I just, the atmosphere of it. I went like, I don't think this is this this particular route is for me. I need I need other people up here with me. Kind of. I, 
Yeah. The, the reason I ask is because I am 100% on that same page. Yeah. And and I find... I tried it a, and it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And not all stand-up clubs are like this, but I do find... And, I, you know, it could just be me, but I, I a lot of times when I've been in stand-up clubs, the atmosphere just feels unhappy and stressful. You know, it's like... Well, it's a when, Coliseum arena, and it's like, entertain me. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of alcohol and and personalities. and But I also think that the, the core of it is there is no part of me that thinks I should just stand anywhere and go, this is what I think. Yeah, yeah. I would much rather go on stage and go, give me a word, coconut, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, ex- yeah I'm exactly yeah. the same way. And also, too, I always like, I want to be on stage because of the other people that I'm, sta- I'm on stage with, not the audience. Like, the audience is like, they're kind of giving us a reason to do this, but the real fun for me is the people that I'm doing it with. Because in Chicago, like, shows get canceled all the time of a blizzard or whatever, you know, and we'd show up for the show and find out, oh, it's canceled. And then I'd still get to go have fun with all. Like, it's not like we all went home. You know, we we yeah. went out and <laughs> got drunk together. And that was that was equally rewarding to me as entertaining an audience. You know, uh, I agree. I think it's it why was... I'm a, it's a, it's why I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I think it was that I think once I found UCB and I found that like it reminded me of doing those summer theater things of like, oh, look, it's just 50 of us, you know, and and having a good time and trying yeah. to trying to do stuff. And I think, you know, I was in kind of that second round of UCB, like, you know, the the original crew like Amy and, and you know, Rob Hubel, Paul Shear, all those amazing guys that kind of like were there in the beginning. I kind of came in the second round of that when they were still at the old theater and. And there, it wasn't like a gigantic school, you know, full of, you know, teaching improv across America. Yeah. Yet. yeah so yeah. there was very much this like we're doing comedy in a basement under a grocery store and yep. like, in an old strip club. There was very much that that sense to it. And I, I when I was at the peak of my like improv doing it, you know, seven nights a week, sometimes uh, some of those shows that you would just do with those other eight people. It was it was a stop like you would we would look at each other like holy shit <laughs> like we just yeah. did that like that that feeling was what i that that's what i went for i think it yeah it's 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 an amazing and i i've said this before like the at my peak of doing improv in chicago there would be times when we would do shows and they would you know and the, for people that don't know but like long form improv frequently is supposed to kind of discover itself as a package. Like it seems like it's all random shit. And then suddenly it ties together in a few different ways. And then you end it buttons kind of like it, even sometimes when it's really good, it has like a real ending. It's almost, you know, like, well, basically it's like improv is always like the biggest, (laughs) the biggest compliment is like, it's like it was written, which is <laughs> yeah. which just and like, that's the best. you know, it that begs being the question, said, well, just fucking write something then. <laughs> that being said, just in you saying that I was romanticizing about my old improv and I went, you know, gosh, I've been doing improv for 30 years and there's one show, one that I remember ending like, wow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. there. I, I maybe a couple of three, of yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple of three that I, you know, and who knows what our standards moments. are. My, <laughs> sta- my standards might be lower than yours, but I do. Rem- I do remember definitely after shows and even within the show, having a moment of like 
saying something that's like really good. Like it, it fits the moment really well. And it like ties in something else. Like, a, like, you know, cause sometimes it's, you know, it's a game kind of, you know, I mean, they're oh, all yeah. based on games and it's like, we need, we need a three pointer here, you know? And then, and then I would, you know, I would say something and I would be like, I don't know where that came from, but it was fucking great. You know, but that was and, always the best too. Like, yeah. That was, yeah. That was, that was the best part. That was when you knew you were on your game was when you yeah. didn't have to, or, or you have an idea and then someone comes out and finishes it. Like that yeah. was, that was it. And like, at that time, I was doing improv with like Zach Woods and Joe Wangert and like these guys that like these just geniuses, like comedic yeah. geniuses. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? So how does, how does uh, SNL happen? You tell me. I, no, uh, uh, well, uh, no, I. Uh, well, well, wait. Well, first of all, <laughs> let me say, how are you making a living during this time? And uh, you know, and I mean, are uh, you are you bartender. living at home? Are you, oh, bartending. Okay, bartender. And do you have your own apartment in the city by this point? Uh, bartender at Pizzeria Uno for mm -hmm. many many years, and uh, I was living at home. Then moved. Was living in my friend's uh, walk-in closet in nice. Brooklyn mm -hmm. when I started UCB. September 11th happened. I moved back home for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 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 2008, 2001, I started UCB. I kind of did all that. I got on their touring company, spent many years doing that, started doing sketch shows, uh, got into the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, kind of got on SNL's radar there. Uh Met Horatio Sands uh, doing uh, uh, Ascat uh, at UCB and Amy yep. and Seth and all them. Uh, went on tour with Horatio doing the Kings of Improv tour. Uh, oh, right. Uh, like I there doing that, that yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, 
um, SNL kind of just got on their radar and they said, do you want to come in and audition? I said, this has been my life's dream. I've, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I can't believe it's a possibility. Can I have some time? <laughs> kind of. I don't want to do it wrong. I had heard. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I kind of had heard a terrible rumor that like somebody did it and didn't get it. And then the next year they were like, OK, now I'm now I'm ready. And like they were like, yeah, this is great. But like they didn't want to hear from them. And I was like. I had it in my mind. Don't let that happen to you for some reason. And like, I waited like six months and then worked on my audition super hard and needlessly now. And now looking back, did not need to do that at all. Why not? not Why not? Why do you, I mean, did you, because it didn't matter. I was, I was already where I was at. I just, I think my first audition for SNL, I went in and I did three characters and three impressions and I'm terrible at impressions. And, uh, they liked me, but I think they they liked me and they brought me in. I went in with a bunch of other really great people and mm-hmm. and uh and then the writer strike happened. They were Lauren was like, I think you're gonna start in January, and then the writer strike happened like three days later. And that was it. For so for nine months I just sat there uh waiting, thinking I was a, thinking I had already gotten it, but I'm not allowed to tell anybody, but I also yeah. don't know if I got it. And, and they never not getting, tell you. And you're not getting paid. No. And I'm yeah, not on yeah. the show and no one has said anything. And then the second the the uh, uh, writer strike ended, I got a phone call saying, why don't you come back in and audition again? And I went like, well, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I had lost my mind for nine months and thought it was never going to happen. I went in and I just went like, here's a bunch of shit that I think's funny. And like a week later, I was on the sh- like a week later, I was on air. Wow. Yeah. What? It- what what's the first day like when you show up? I mean, or actually, probably the more interesting day is the <laughs> second day because the first day is just go around meet everyone, and then the second day is like, okay, now work starts. That's that is no one has ever asked me that asked, asked me that question. But the crazy thing was is I have a, a a story. The night before my first SNL, uh, I did Ask Cat at UCB, mm-hmm. and uh. It hadn't been announced yet that I was going to be on Saturday Night Live and they were going to be like, congratulations, like Bobby's going to be on Saturday Night Live, like kind of thing. Like, and Seth was there and he was like, don't do just don't do it yet. And he was just like and he made just a comment like, welcome to like a welcome to like a world of slights from now on of just like this where you're just like, this is not it. And I, I remember being like mildly disappointed and being like, oh, I want to tell people. And then out of nowhere, uh, Robin Williams walks in. <laughs> Robin Williams just walks backstage and is like, hey, do you mind if I perform with you guys? And we're just like, what? And like, of course. So long, long story short, we do an hour long improv show with Robin Williams. It's the it's the I just found out I'm about to be on Saturday Night Live. I can't fucking understand what's happening. Yeah. And Robin Williams comes back, comes up to me backstage and goes, Mr. Moynihan, I hear I hear you just got you're just going to be on. You're going to be on Saturday Night Live. This is amazing. Grabs me by the face and it's like, I'm coming with you. Wouldn't it be hilarious if I took your clothes and went in on your first day and I dressed up as you and I went in and we pretend that I'm you. And my instantaneous thought is, how do I tell Robin Williams I do not want to do this at all? At all. Uh, Robin, that's a terrible idea. And I really, could not- also, it's kind of all about you. I could not think of a way to make Lauren hate me faster than to send Robin Williams in my clothes for my first day of work. 
Oh, that would be like, yeah, you would come off as such an asshole. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad, but I spent my first day panicking that Robin Williams was going to show up and do a bit. Uh, no, it was like space camp. It was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, I couldn't believe it. The first yeah. week, the first week was like uh, what I assume uh, they do for sick children. Uh, I felt like, I felt like, thank <laughs> you. Your make is, a wish. Yeah, yeah. This was, this was the best week of my life. And then the second week they were like, all right, now you're looking at the cue cards wrong, idiot. And I'm like, what? And then I panicked for 10 years. Now, is do you find right away, because I mean, I've heard so many things about, you know, kind of the competitive atmosphere uh, of SNL and that like, you know, did you, did you, I mean, how did you survive that in the beginning? Like, do you have to find a place where I think you that, fit that in? Is, do you have to find your own place? Do people find it for you? I think now being gone for a couple of years, I think I spent my early time there just being just re truly not understanding that I was there, truly just being like, wow, yeah. this is great. Right, guys. And then spent a couple years going like, OK, this is a job. And like now other stuff is happening and there's a lot of stuff you like all of a sudden fame and and stuff. And that that was super weird. And I, I handled it weird. Yeah. But like, as far as like finding my footing at SNL, like I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I, I I I kept think I kept thinking I did, and then never really feel like I. I feel like there was one season where like I got to do a bunch of stuff that like I'm super proud of, and like, but I never really felt like I got it. I figured it out. Like other people that I saw go through that place that did figure it out. Mm -hmm. And. Why do you think that? I mean, do you do you have any theories as to why that didn't happen for you? As to why you know you didn't you didn't, I just, you uh, didn't that, stumble that, on that thing I that was, other people stumbled on? I was going to say when you said, "Is there a competitiveness to it?" I I think no. I think that there's this long-standing thing of there's a competitiveness, and you have it's very cutthroat at SNL, and I think that's true, but it's only di inwardly directed. <laughs> Uh huh. I think a lot of people are competitive with themselves because there's so much amazing talent there. It's not like you have to be funnier than this person because we're demanding it. It's like yeah. you you feel I have to be just as funny to keep up. Like you know, like so. It's like it's it's cutthroat and com I felt it was cutthroat and competitive, but only with myself. Does that make sense? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I also think too that you were there. During uh, a nice time, you know, like when I think that the atmosphere was better, because I know in, when we started the Conan show in 93 and I had friends that worked on SNL and, you know, I it I don't think it was as I nice. agree. I, I agree. There I were people in rooms like plotting. What are they doing? We've got, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I mean, I I. I definitely think that was happening when I was there, but I think yeah. not not on the level as like maybe the David Spade era, like where yes. you hear a lot about it in that era. I don't know why I pinned him to it, but because, <laughs> no, but I mean because like in that era of people, it. But it is, it's true. It's kind of Adam, Adam Sandler, McKay, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And and I think one of the big differences is, well, 
Tina Fey made a huge difference when she came on and was like head writer. Oh, a billion percent. She's the yeah, most important have, person to ever come through that door. Yeah. To have to have her as head writer, I think, just absolutely changed the culture in a minute. Billion percent. Um, but also another thing, too, is that cast, when you look back on that Kevin Nealon cast, you know, there were only a couple of improvisers. There were only a couple of sketch people. These are all mostly stand-ups. And there was kind of a whole era of SNL that was mostly stand-ups. And they're, they don't play well with other people. Like, that's not their that's first That's a really interesting, suit, you know? That's a really interesting thing. You always hear, I always hear the, the uh, sometimes it's actor-driven and sometimes it's writer-driven. But you're yeah. right. You're right. There was that, yeah, there was that period of just stand-ups. Yeah. And I, yeah. And it, that's I mean, fascinating. And, yeah. And the comedy kind of, well, I mean, SNL can be that way too, depending like on the the cue cards, just the cue card setup there is still to me, may, it just blows my mind sometimes. In and what I, way? I Just because there's just times when, uh, it depends on the talent too, where, you know, the, 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 the regular cast members can play to the cards and play off, you know? And I mean, you have to learn the skill. It like is, I, yeah. You have to learn the skill to reading cards. And also like I figured out really quickly like you either have to memorize or you have to have cards. You can't do both because you'll fuck up. Like if you've memorized it, tell them to put the cards away, you know, because on SNL, you can't memorize because they'll yeah, change no, the line can, in the middle change, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I just mean, and there's, you know, that that's, but yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and, but there's just some people who on that show, who's just, their eyes are pinned on the cards and they do not move, you know, like there's just, Scenes where like it's all puppies running around and they're just looking and waiting for their next line, you know, or yeah, or it's two people talking and they're they're all just facing I, out, yeah, they're facing out this way, just yeah, but yeah, it's because they're looking at the car. It, it it's funny, yeah, that's what's happening there is they're looking at the actor because when you look at the cards, it looks like you're looking at the camera, but when you start to try and look at the actor, it looks like you're looking off because the eye line is off. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets weird. Yeah, that's also ten years of uh, of people going. Why are you looking at the cards, idiot? And I go like, it's really hard. It's live television. <laughs> hard. Yeah, and you don't want to think like, oh, I got this. I got this. I got this line. And then you turn to the person that you know. You you make the direct eye contact. You know, like it's real life and you're acting. And then you're like, I don't yeah. remember. Well, I mean, yeah, Wally. Yeah, yeah. Wally, the guy that does the cue cards has been yep. doing it forever and he's he's the absolute greatest and he doesn't make mistakes and he hires like that's the whole he hires people and he goes like your job is to not make a mistake like these, yeah. that's why we don't have monitors is because he's Lauren says he's like machines can break down. He's like, yep. he's like Wally hasn't made a mistake in 13 years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah. And there's a rhythm that, you yeah. know, there's like a rhythm that the, especially like our cue card guy, Steve Burm, he's you know, he's another guy. Barely, almost never makes a mistake, but also knows Conan's rhythm and knows like when to wait, when to speed up, you know, when, when to like, and they even would understand like with, if Conan would cut something on the fly, they, you know, they would have this kind of just unspoken understanding of like, oh, we're going to kill that joke, you know? Well, that would happen that I would be on, you know update and doing drunk uncle and they would just be putting tape over certain lines or or <laughs> or dropping full cards for real and like so helpful yeah so you're just like well yeah but it's like wally yeah. saved my life there, yeah, one, yeah yeah one time only one time on live uh on the live show it was 
my first, it was just me and Kristen Wig in the cold open. Uh, that it was like a nothing story that was, well, that's terrible to say, but it was like a story that happened. It was like there one week and then it was gone. It was this yeah. guy, Eric Massa, that guy who got caught like doing something with his male interns called, you know, he called it snorkeling or something. It was some like weird thing back in the day. This politician did something weird. Now it's oh, like okay. not even a blip on the radar. I don't now. even remember. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With Trump now, it's nothing. And, right. uh, um, and it, but it was my first time. It was just me and Kristen, and I got to say live from New York at Saturday night for the first time. Wow! Alone. And fun, I was like, fun, fun, yeah. I was like, you know, it was it was a big thing for me. And the the live show starts. Cue card guy holds up the cards, and it says, "Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here hosting Saturday Night Live." And Oops, I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and. Kristen doesn't know what's going on because there's three sets of cards. And so Kristen starts speaking and my first line, I'm like, I don't know it. I don't, I didn't memorize this. And so it's behind. So I literally go, you see me go like, well, it happened. And I completely turn around and look behind me and they realize what's going on. And then the kid just walked. He had the, the kid was brand new. He had the wrong set of cards and never saw him again. <laughs> wow. He just walked away. Yeah. Never saw him so again. You- so you think he's dead, right? I think they. I think he's. Uh, I think he's alive. I think he's in a cage in Lauren's office. <laughs> in a yeah, Chevy, he wears yeah. a Chevy Chase costume. Um, here's some more popcorn for you. <laughs> um, well, it's was it. You were there nine years, nine yeah. seasons. Yeah, nine seasons. And generally, if you had to sort of say like. It was a happy time or it was an un like, was it mostly happy? You know? Yes, it was. Yes, it was the best time of my life. Uh, yes, it was. I, I got to do Saturday Night Live for nine Don't years. Don't let was my life. kid hear that. <laughs> uh, yes, I think like. There were there were things that were hard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I think about it, there are things that changed me forever at that place. But also, like, I'm, I'm where I am now because of it. And I'm yeah. in a much better place with it now. But, yeah, it was crazy. What I mean, without getting, you know, libelous or anything like what what specific what specific things changed about you that were that were. I think I was naive. I think I think when I showed up, I was I was UCB Bobby who showed up like we're all going to do improv together and then we're going to write sketches and then we're going to do Saturday Night Live and then we're going to go to the after party and then we're going to talk about the sketches we're going to write on Monday on Sunday. Yeah. And, and now we're going to do cocaine <laughs> with Marilyn Manson. And I think by the end, I was like, well, I got through that show. Uh, now I should go try and write something that I could, uh, you know, do after this show is over. <laughs> like, I I, 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 I think it just knocked that comedy, you know, like that, that unabashed, like, I'll do comedy for the rest of my life. <laughs> I It became a job. It became like, <laughs> OK, I got it now. It's a job. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it changes. Yeah. It changes yeah. drastically. I think I think meeting uh, getting this new job, Mr. Mayor, that I'm on that Tina Fey and Robert Carlock do and just having even just a few conversations with Tina. I, I I'm I, I'm very happy with where where I am at in that in my SNL mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a wonderful place. I'm on this. I feel like I want a second TV lottery with this right. Mr. Mayor show. I'm happy that I get to work with these amazing people. But, yeah. And also, you know, like you're a character actor. You're relatively yeah. young as character actors go. And you're on a show that like you're on a, a steady show that's a nice place to work, that's well received. 
and you're like, whatever, like, I don't, let me guess, like, you're number four on the call sheet, maybe? Three. Number three on the call sheet. See, I was, I was, yeah, nagging you right here. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, fine with that. I'm yeah, completely fine. I know. With and that's what I'm saying. Like, that to me, everything <laughs> you're saying, I'm like, oh my God, get me one of those. Oh, uh, yeah. You it, know, it's because like, it's like, I think like there, there's this, um, expectation to be the star of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm yep. psyched. And I think that some other people didn't think that way or thought that I th- should think differently. Mm. And like they were like, don't you want to be Jimmy Fallon? And I was like, I kind of want to be Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> now, were, were these people like agent manager types that are saying this to you? You know, I feel like a lot of people were saying it around that time to me. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, were yeah. going like, yeah. And I, I, I don't. Yeah, it didn't. I was just happy. I was just happy to be there. When I yeah, because like when I left the Conan show, well, first of all, I and I don't know if you felt this, but I had noticed it from friends that had been on the Daily Show, like Matt Walsh and Rob Corddry and and Rob Riggle, all these different people that had been on the uh, the Daily Show as correspondents, and when they got out, they were hot, like because they were. They had been on TV, they'd been on a successful thing, and now they're available where they weren't available before. And like the toddler brain of Hollywood and of of show business is like, new thing I want. And that was the way it was when I left the Conan show. It wasn't like, you know, it was like, you got to be the star or something. And so, which again, like, I kind of was like, I I mean, one of the reasons I left the Conan show in the first place in 2000 was ambition. I wanted to see like how much further I could push it, you know, and see like how much I could take my good fortune and and make more of it. Um, But like after I was number one on the call sheet on three TV shows, which is like, you know, and there's also just like the mind fuck of, and I don't, it doesn't matter I anymore. Think, I think that this is what we're talking about is that side of it. Like it, I feel naive. I almost like, I feel like Michael Scott when it comes to that side of it. Like, yeah, I go like when SNL ended, you're right. I think I was like, as you say, super hot. Like, you know, when SNL ended, if you want to, or the most I have ever been in my yes, career. That's what I mean. Me too. And, I'm not and, saying I'm Taylor Swift, you know yes, I mean? Yeah. You know, but I didn't, uh, see that i just went like oh i'm having a baby like i just like it was like i was yeah that i i i i i yeah i'm bad with the business side of acting and i can be funny and i got saturday night live i because i i don't know (laughs) yeah 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 afterwards i just went like i don't know what i'm doing and then like now that i've had some years to relax kind of take in that 10 years of snl have a kid and go like okay what what do i want to do now it's like now I love SNL, everything it's done for me. I'm producing cartoons. I just wrote a children's book. I'm doing a lot. Like, and like now I go like, I get it. Now I understand yep. what I want to do. And yep. uh, being the star face of a new sitcom on, on, is not like I go like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it just, you know, it happened three times and it wasn't anything, you know, it, I figured out it's not for me, you know? <laughs> and like now as I develop things, and, and I also too, like I just got, you know, I got older too, and I got sort of like calmer about things. And, and I, uh, I, 
I look back on it. Well, and one of the things I was going to say is that, like, I was the, you know, I was the star of three network television shows, but, and it doesn't happen so much anymore, but like when I went back to work for Conan, there was just like all this, you know, it's all social media shit and, you know, snarky shit of like crawling back to Conan after his failures. I can't, you know, I like, can't even imagine. And I, you know, and then I, and, and there's times, you know, and I would be like, wait a minute. I had three TV shows. One of them had my name in the fucking title. What do you people want from me? They, you know? they want they want to see you in Conan spot every I, single night. It's it's true. Or I, I love that know. people. What happened to you since Saturday Night Live? I was like, I've been work. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, but I'm like, doing better now. Yeah. I tell them now. I just say I was I was I got bit by a shark. <laughs> on the or face. Just, yes, on the face, right on the face, right on the comedy <laughs> face, right on the part of my face that does all the comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the funny I, window. Can I ask you a serious question? Of course um, you can. Did you, have you ever gone to therapy? Uh, for t- t- dozens and do- I've, I've been, I've actually... I didn't find it until right after like, SNL. Like after SNL, when my parents passed away, was when I found therapy and I wish... Yeah, that wish that somebody went. You got Saturday Night Live. Here's a therapist. Yeah, if that would have changed my entire life, I think. Yeah, I think that's and that's. I mean, and that's kind of. I mean, this podcast is kind of about therapy, whether yeah. or not. Aren't I mean, they all? Was, well, well, I. You know, when I they when I they they were like, you know, a lot of people told me I should do a podcast, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I certainly wanted to do something that didn't take a lot of preparation because you know. <laughs> That you can do I, in your bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I have I have to brush my hair for three hours a day. And uh and I so I wanted to do because I thought about the kind of conversations that I like to have with people and you know, and I it was gonna be famous people, because who wants to hear a podcast where I talk to, you know, the guy that lives across the street from me or anything. Actually, that'd um, be pretty sweet. I wouldn't <laughs> mind hearing that. Yeah. Uh but I I wanted to have the kind of conversations that I would have on the couch in the Conan show, like during commercial breaks in the Conan show, because I always tried to engage people and not in like a hostile way because it's what I'm interested in, but in a real way, like, like what's your work day like? Like, that's always fascinating to me. And if, and I like to know like, what's a hockey player's work day like, and what's a, a opera singer's work day like, and that kind of stuff. And then, and then also to incorporate therapy into it, like, because it is the three questions of this thing, you know, where you come from, where are you going and what and what have you learned? Those that's therapy. You know, you take where you're coming from, you figure out why you are the way you are now and how you're going to do it in the future. And, you know, and then you got kind of like an over overview of the whole thing. So. It's pretty nuts. It's also crazy, like, especially this now, like ever since I had a kid, I don't normally like when i was on snl it was just that was it all i did was tell the story about how i got snl for 10 years and then people would go great we'll see you we can't put you in this right now uh because you're on snl so we'll see you when you're done with snl (laughs) and so it was just telling snl stories for 10 years and now i don't talk about it that much but you're right when i go when i do something like this it is weird to talk about all of it because it all comes back up again. But also this one is super weird because you, you're connected to it in a way and you know it, you like literally just being in the building at the time yeah. and like, and, and, and all that stuff. But like, it's bizarre. It's also, uh, I find it, isn't it crazy to talk to somebody like I've, I, I go like, I've known you for years. We've met, like we met once bef- way yeah. before anything. Like it truly is insane yeah. that 
And like, but there is also, I go like, but it's, I've been talking to Andy for my whole life, but he's right here. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bizarre world. I do this. I thing. do the same thing. Like, I feel like I know you because, uh, we've seen each other on television, but we've seen each other on television, <laughs> but also, but it also goes beyond like, I, I, you know, I like you. I know what kind of person you are. I know that you were like a UCB person. I, and so I just, I just assume like we're pals, you know, like we're just pals that haven't really met up yet. That's a and, fascinating way to put it. Yeah. And I, it's always been such a bummer when that, like when I meet someone like you, like I know that guy's work, I've never met him, but man, he really seems like, and then you meet him and you, they're just like a dud. Oh, you know? that's, yeah, that's it's such a bummer. A you're Are like, you kidding? The first 10 seconds of this phone call, you got angry and I was like, oh God, he's going to hate me. He's going to oh, hate me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was, we, <laughs> we had a, no, we just had, a, we had a misunderstanding about how long this is going to take and, and. <laughs> and Bobby's publicist or the show's publicist thought it was only a half an hour. And I was like, no, it's got to be an hour because that's <laughs> what it is. And I was be doing like, I mean, I wasn't being like, no, no, I'm not. I, I didn't asshole, mean to throw you. I, mean, I, I, I was, was more saying my asshole, immediate you know? thought was like, I've already pissed off a man yes. that I admire. <laughs> but like, oh, no, no, I'm just no, kidding. no, I'm just kidding. no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, you curse. Do you so much at the publicist? You cursed so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He you did not piece do that. of shit. <laughs> you human garbage. Um, she's a no, nice I, lady. Yeah, she's very nice. And I just, I was just, I was, you know, that's you take the risk sometimes. You you choose a character, you make you it a character stand choice. Up for yourself. And it's like, and and uh, it's like, I was just kidding. Because the notion, because honestly, the notion of hurting people's feelings is like fucking garlic to vampires to me. Like if I feel <laughs> well, like that's I why hurt... we're comedians, right? I know, I know. Please like, like me, please. I know. Well, that was like an early Twitter lesson for me. Like, you know, like if I make fun of Andrew Zimmern, five minutes later, he's going to come back and say, why the fuck are you making fun of me, asshole? Did you and say Andrew Zimmerman? Andrew Zimmern. You know, Andrew oh, Zimmern. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant that guy. horrible murderer guy. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, no. maybe don't engage him. I mean, I mean, maybe he's, maybe Andrew Zimmern's a murderer. No, he's like hosts, uh, like Food Network shows where he goes and eats gotcha. Cobra Hearts and stuff. And I just said some that was looking for, you know, different, like. Different kind of murderer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking for like one of those jokes where you like, you just need a name to plug in. And it just, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, and I go through the Rolodex and I just picked him and I was just like, I am so sorry, you know, but I just. that's See, that's I'm, why I I'm jokes. not on, I'm not really on social media. Yeah, I, I'm afraid yeah, yeah. that my handle is Bibby Moynihan. I spelled my name wrong on purpose. And, and I just like, it's just like, someone's like, will you tweet this? Cause you're on TV. And I'm like, here it is. And that's all. I yeah, just, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, enga- I can't, yeah, I lurk. Yeah. But I exactly. can't engage. Well, has um, did did going to therapy? I mean, has it helped your relationship with your wife? If I may ask, I mean, is that like something that's, or was it more sort of just stuff about internal stuff? I I I lost my parents and finished Saturday Night Live and had a baby all within like eight months of each other and went wow. like maybe it's time to chat. Like and, yeah uh, yeah yeah. And uh, I think yeah that was it. And um, it was just a rough time and and uh, I'm much better for it easily. Do, are easily. you still in therapy or did you? Yes. Is it just yeah, situation. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I I you know I think it's I I'm always shocked by. I think it changed like, my life. I I I am always shocked by people who are like I don't need therapy and I just am like yeah everybody could use a little bit you know it's like 
you know, just a touch up. After now, now after going to therapy, I realized <laughs> that I think I grew up in a house that wasn't necessarily like, you don't go to therapy. That's, you, know, you don't need that. It was more just like the Moynihan's just like, like they were like, you don't go to the doctor. You just get better. Like kind of. And like, I, that's a terrible way to live. And I, I'm not yeah, living yeah. that way anymore. <laughs> well, let's move on to the, the to the uh, where you're going part. I mean, you kind of covered it. You said, uh, you know, you got a children's book. Tell everyone what that is and when it comes out. I, I can't yet, but I will soon. <laughs> All right, then forget it. <laughs> yeah. No children's uh, book. No, I a lot of stuff going on. I, I got a lot of stuff going on. I'm doing a couple cartoons, uh, produced a couple cartoons. I wrote, I did a lot of stuff. Uh, right now, I'm here. What, what I'm here to promote as the publicist that you almost murdered. <laughs> Uh, put me on here to tell. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I'm on a new cartoon called uh, Alice's Wonderland Bakery for for uh, uh, Disney Channel, Disney Plus, and it's a uh, reimagining of Alice's Wonderland. It's uh, Alice's granddaughter, Alice, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, me and Vanessa Bayer play uh, uh, Tweedledoo and Tweedledon't. We are oh, fun. Uh, uh, relatives of of Tweedledee uh, and Tweedledum. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, that's that great doing that now it starts february 4th on oh. disney plus oh, february 9th my apologies february erica go away um <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be on disney yeah, yeah. plus and disney just channel and disney. go turn on disney plus and wait yeah. that's um, really fantastic but uh, lots of other great. stuff too yeah, yeah yeah um and mr Man. and how about how about just sort of like you know psychologically spiritually where do you want to go you know i mean obviously Got a kid, you got to, you know, you got to see that through. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, but. the the light, the I think it was for for forty years. It was the live stream was SNL, or thirty five years. The live stream was SNL. Five years was going okay. Uh-huh. Now and now it's just yeah. I think now it's just focus on happy and healthy to to see daughter get married. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, what have you learned? What What's the Bobby Moynihan moral? Of the um, of the Bobby Monahan story. Slow down, take a breath. You're you're doing everything okay. Trust yourself. Everything's gonna be just fine. <laughs> wow, that's it. That's it. That's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just in a happy. He place. says as the Very plane as yeah. as the plane's <laughs> engines yeah. fall off and it crashes to land. Everything's going to be just fine. I'm in a closet. I haven't left my house in a year. I got to wear a mask. The president <laughs> called someone a son of a bitch yesterday. We're losing our mind. <laughs> well, Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk to me. And um, and it's great. I'm, I mean, I've, I've always I've always loved your work. I've always really, really here, found you so funny and, and really enjoyed you and and uh, was glad that you that you did this. And. Mr. Mayor, does that have like a, is that anything special happening? Is that a new date with that or anything? Uh, yeah, we just did a Christmas special, which you could check out on Peacock. And I believe the season two starts March 15th Okay, uh, on NBC. Yeah. Well, check it out, all you people out there, when you're yeah. not listening to this podcast. And check out Alice's Wonderland Bakery uh, in February. All right. Well, Bobby, thank you so much. And thank all of you out there for listening. And I will be back next week, God willing. I've got a big, big love for you. 
The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.